One of the most fundamental things every business owner should know is how to do sales. It's not always an easy process to understand, but in this episode, Rossi and I will discuss the science behind it, as well as give a little performance of our own. You're going to enjoy this. I make a complete fool of myself. So sit back, dial in, and get ready, because things are about to get interesting. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Summit. My name is Mr. Grimm, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Paparazzi, entrepreneur extraordinaire. And today, we're going to have a really fun episode today. We're going to be talking a little bit about, well, we're going to be talking about sales and why sales are so important. But then in the second part of this episode, Paparazzi and I are going to have a sales pitch off where we are going to try to sell to each other and see if we can convince each other to buy our specific product. So <clears throat> hope you guys enjoyed that part. But let's get into it. Let's talk about why sales are important. At least in my personal opinion, I think sales is probably one of the most, one if not the most important thing that you should learn if you want to start your own business. Now, can you tell me why sales are important, Paparazzi? I'm not sure why sales are important, but I know that psychology is important. Psychology is important in sales, but psychology is also important in marketing and everything else. that go that surround selling. I feel like you're reading my mind because <laughs> the second part of this of this section it was gonna be not the second section episode, but I was gonna talk about why sales are important, but then I was gonna talk about some psychological tricks on how to more effectively sell to people. So you kind of already beat me to the punch. But <laughs> <laughs> effectively, here's the bottom line. And this is the way that I like to think of it. Sales is communication. That's what it really is, right? It is how well you can communicate to another person. Now, obviously your communication has an intention behind it, but the generalization is that sales is one person talking to another person, communicating over a specific thing. Now, to be more in depth with it, it is you are solving a problem for the individual and the individual is unsure whether or not your solution to their problem is actually a valid solution. So this is where the sales come in. You are trying to tell them all the things that your solution can provide to their problem. You identify their problem You by listening to what is wrong with them, what they need, and then you tell them, oh, you know, uh, product A here can help solve your issue X, so to speak. And uh, well, how do I know? I'm like, well, because we have all these like testimonials and like, you know, we backed it by science, whatever the case may be. Obviously you have your own scripted thing if you're using it through business. But, but the reason why you want to be good at sales is because it is communication, right? And you need to be able to communicate with people all around the world, not just the immediate customer who comes in looking to buy a specific product or service from you, but just in general, if you're able to communicate more effectively with your team, with your family, with people you've never met before, it builds you as an individual. And so that is why I think sales is so important. It is a way of convincing people to purchase something from you, but the foundation of it is rooted in communication and you need to be an effective communicator if you need to, if you want to be an effective entrepreneur. Yeah, a lot of things in life you're selling. So yeah, sales is you trying to convince somebody to do what you want, yeah. basically. Yeah, you know, uh, a perfect example for selling yourself is an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, that's essentially what you have to do. So learn how to sell yourself 
because you're communicating, why should we hire you for this position? Yeah, and most people have been selling all their lives and don't even know it. Yeah. For example, let's say you went to college. Mm -hmm. You had to sell yourself on that college application. Oh, yeah. And then when you get there, or if you go, sometimes you do like a walk around college um, and maybe talk to like the dean of admissions, you have to sell yourself to that person. When you're getting a job, you have to sell yourself to the, the employer. And if you're getting into a relationship, you have to sell yourself to whoever you're, you're courting. <laughs> well said. So you're always selling. You know, so you need to know the psychology of human beings mm -hmm. to know whether or not your sales pitch is going to be successful or not, and to know what you got to do to switch it up if it's not going the way you want it to go. Right. And I think this is going to be the first, the first trick, so to speak, on how to properly sell is, and again, this will work in all these regards because, okay, well, let me tell you, the best way to sell is to be genuine right? Have a genuine communication, conversation, whatever it is. Be genuine. If you apply that to somebody you want to date, right? If you sell someone who is not you, in other words, if you try to pretend to be somebody you're not, mm -hmm. you will get found out. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? That relationship is over. Yeah. Right. If you are trying to act like somebody you're not, people will know, right? It, because it's only a matter of time. You can only wear the mask for so long. It eventually slips off and they will see you know, the face behind it and who you really are. Mm -hmm. And the problem is even if the person behind the mask is genuinely a good person, you have left a bad taste in that person's mouth because they know you're a liar, yeah. right? Even if your intentions are good, you're a liar. And now it is significantly harder for somebody to trust you with anything, even the most minor of things because of that betrayal. So, and that's the same thing. Like that's on a more personal level is to be genuine when you are selling yourself but of course the same thing about selling a product is that you have to be passionate about the product if you are selling for example if I'm selling a weight loss product and I'm like fat and obese and I'm like this is the product that's gonna you know revolutionize workouts and I'm telling my sales team this they're gonna be like this guy's full of shit mm. right? he doesn't know what he's talking about look at him he doesn't even like how can I possibly believe that this thing works if the owner who created it looks like this. So because of that, the salesperson has absolutely no drive in their sale. They don't even believe the product. So if they don't believe it, they're not going to sell it no matter what, no matter any kind of scripted sales pitch. If the person selling doesn't have the conviction to sell, they will not sell. And eventually their conscience will get to them and they'll be like, look, dude, you you, you don't want this. I'm just going to be completely honest. Like I'm working here because this is a job but you don't want this product. Have you, have you yeah. seen the manager? <laughs> have you seen the way he looks? Yeah. So definitely be knowledgeable about whatever service or product that you're trying to sell and convey that knowledge in a way that people see it because you can, you can know a lot about a product, but then like not have the confidence or conviction in your, your pitch hmm. to, to let people know that you know about the product. Yeah. So make sure that you convey your knowledge of, you know, said product or service. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say you have to be um, passionate, so so to speak, about a product, because you can sell anything. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, you can sell it. It's, it's all about who you are, because you're selling yourself and the product's coming along with it. So if you can sell yourself and bring a product along with it, then mm -hmm. that's, that's great. But let me ask you a question. Would you sell something that you would not ever use? 
I would. Yeah. Because uh, it could be, I could, I could sell feminine products. Well, that's fair. I, I guess I should say, if, but that's a completely different degree. But I let's think, say if I the product the is, is morally, bad. yeah, morally yeah. against what I believe, mm -hmm. then probably not. No. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. yeah. And that, that's the big, the big thing that I, I need to drive home. Yes, I could potentially like, sell feminine like i could sell perfume right because even though i don't use perfume if mm -hmm. i like the smell of the perfume then i'll be like this would smell really good on you yeah. right because like you want to attract a man to the scent right well guess what i'm a man and i like the way this smells exactly. so yeah. or like i can sell a car that i wouldn't drive yeah or i can sell feminine products that i wouldn't use or i can sell like pesticides that i wouldn't use yeah yeah or baby foods that I wouldn't eat, stuff, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, there. I think there are certain limitations to to that. Like you can sell things that you specifically would not use, but if it's something that you know is just generally bad, I think I, I couldn't bring myself to sell it. I mean, I would probably like a young me, so to speak, would like this up and coming salesperson, like, yeah, let's do it, dude. I'll sell and I'll sell and I'll sell. And then I realize like this stuff is crap. Yeah. Uh, I'll eventually come to realize like, this is a, this is a crappy product yeah, like and people I, don't need this. If I was a vegan, I could sell meat, right? but I wouldn't want to. Yeah. So if it doesn't go with my, if it doesn't align with my moral compass, then I wouldn't sell it. Yeah. yeah. I could, could sell it, yeah, yeah. but I wouldn't sell And again, it. like this is not necessarily based on the product. This is again, this is talking about the sales thing. So this is why I say it's important to have conviction and to understand the product or service that you're selling, especially if the product or service is yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be completely genuine about it, right? Who you are. And when you know the product is good, then you can pitch it as that's good, right? Mm -hmm. do, do your due diligence. But if you know the product is bad, even if you try to pitch it as good, it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out. And then yeah. again, that says a lot about who you are as the individual. Like you, you are willing to, willing to, to yeah, you're willing to sell anything. You're willing to out. lie, yeah. exactly. So uh, I will say that you don't necessarily have to use the product to be able to sell it. So for example, like a head, heavy set person could sell weight loss. Mm -hmm it wouldn't be as easy because the image isn't there. <laughs> yeah. So like if you look at a heavy set person's like 300 pounds and they're selling weight loss stuff for like three years and they haven't lost a pound, it's like, does this stuff really work? Right. But at the same time, if this stuff is like so good, like it's, it's hard to ignore the fact that it actually works, mm -hmm. you can still sell it even if you're not using it. Right. And there could be reasons why you're not using it. Maybe it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe you're allergic to substance inside yeah. of it or something like that. Yeah, there are always certain circumstances. Yeah. Or maybe let's say you're a sumo wrestler and you don't want to lose weight, uh -huh. but you have weight loss stuff. And it's like, okay, I know this works because my friends use it, my family uses it, other strangers use it, there's testimonies, there's scientific proof and and we've been in business for this many years and you can see how many people, even you probably know a person that's used it and it's worked for them. It works. I'm not using it, but it works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, you can, it can still work like that, but like it's, it's uh, um, scarcity that yeah. that would be the case. If you're overweight, you're not going to sell weight loss. If mm -hmm. you're like um, an alcoholic or something like that, you're not going to sell, you know, this product or, you know what I mean? It's so, an image is really important. Right. But at the same time, an overweight person can sell weight loss through other people. They can be in charge of the company and have fit people selling the weight loss. Yeah. So there's, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, that that is that is something I, I didn't really think about. That's fair. You know, like he could be a sumo wrestler. Again, appearances can be deceiving, right? And there are people out there who are 
have the, what is it like a thyroid issue where yeah, like, no yeah. matter how much they yeah, yeah how much they work out they're always just going to be like heavy set and they and i've seen people who are like that look like they're obese and they can move mm -hmm. right sumo wrestlers are probably the most like yeah. the best example because those dudes are incredibly flexible and fast yeah and they or they can be like a a bulker yeah oh like no a gym rat, but they're just getting bulk and they, they're really strong. They're like, maybe, maybe they're, it's part of their image, maybe they're security or bodyguard or something like that. And they need to be big and they, yeah. you know, they can't, maybe they can't lose weight genetically. They, they can get heavy, they can get lighter or stronger or whatever, but they just, you know, they're always big. Yeah. 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 Okay. So maybe that was a little bit of a tangent, but to get back on track, Essentially, again, sales is communication. We, the whole point of it, the reason why you want to good at it is because you're trying to solve someone's problem, right? Again, this is for you people who are entrepreneurs out there and who are looking to help out. You need to be good at sales. So we're going to talk about some, some specific psychological tricks that usually help facilitate the sale, help kind of smooth out the sales transaction a little bit better. So one of the ones that I know of that works pretty well. Uh, we just talked about it was like testimonials, right? If you can show proof of the concept of whatever you are selling is working, then they're more likely to buy, right? Mm -hmm. They're more likely to buy and not, not just, again, this is not just monetarily, but again, in relationship wise, if you can kind of sell yourself and show proof like, Hey, yeah, I'm really good at leading people. Uh, just, you know, look at my track record. I was in the military and I've led all these squads or whatever the case may be. Uh, they're gonna be like, okay, he knows what's going on, right? Let him leave for a bit. So that's one of the ones that I think is pretty good, right? If you have testimonials, proof that people have said that you can in fact deliver, that pretty much speaks volumes about what you're capable of doing. That in, in most regard could probably sell itself, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but another one that I like using, and this is actually like during the pitch, is labeling. You know labeling, how, how labeling works. Mm -hmm. So one way you can utilize it is if you're having a conversation with somebody and they mention something like, let's say for example, we'll go back to weight loss, right? Somebody is coming in, looking to do some weight loss. You ask them like, hey, what's going on? Like, how are you? Whatever, where are you from? Things like that. And they happen to mention their family, right? Then you immediately associate that and say, "Hey, oh, so you're so you're a family guy, huh? You're you're a I love my family kind of guy," and they're most likely going to immediately say, "Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely love my family. Nothing is more important than my family." You got them, because mm. now what you do, you have effectively labeled them as being a family guy, right? Mm. Not the TV show, by the way. But then when you go and try to convince the individual why this is good, you use the label that they've associated themselves with. They say, I can get you in shape, which means you have more energy to play with your kids. You know, you can pick up your daughter more and help her with the Christmas tree. You can be out there with your wife on the beach more often. You can be the father that your family wants you to be. And they're gonna say, dang. That's a, that's exactly why I'm here. This is, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Mm. I get to, I get to be the best version of myself and I get to be the best version of myself for my family. Right? So that's a really good effective tool is labeling, right? If you can label somebody into a specific category that they agree with and that they see as a positive label, then you can utilize that in your sales tactic to push the incentive more towards them. Like you said, you're a family guy, right? This will help you with your family because of X, Y, and Z. Mm. Do you know another one? 
so let's see. A good way to sell to people is, I was gonna actually say the family thing, or not the family thing, but um, getting mostly empathetic with them. Oh, okay. And understanding where they're coming from. But um, I would say, don't be over enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. Because over enthusiastic people seem disingenuous. Like they seem That's like fair. they're trying to sell you something. And as soon as somebody comes up to like, hey, hi, my name is Ross, how you doing? It's just like, okay, what are you trying to sell me? What do you, what, do you, what are you here for? You know, you know, you know it's funny you say that though, because uh, one of the guys that I watch, Alex Ramosi, maybe you know him. He's a pretty popular guy. He actually says to be the most enthusiastic guy. Mm. Like he would do cartwheels before shaking somebody's hand. Like if you're across the room, he will cartwheel. He used to cartwheel over to you and shake your hand because they're like his his ideology behind it was like. Who doesn't want to shake hands with, or how can the guy who does cartwheels be an angry or a like nefarious kind of individual, right? Like mm -hmm. clearly he's the most happiest person here. Right? Mm -hmm. And so the customer associates him with being the happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And so their idea that this dude is out to get me, he's out to swindle me, I guess drops. I don't know the, psycho the psychology behind that, but- I don't know what he, what he sells. But if he's selling like party equipment, yep. sure. <laughs> but like, if you're trying to sell somebody a car and you cartwheel over to me and handshake, give me a handshake, I'm probably gonna give you a handshake and a wave and I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm not gonna buy a car from somebody who cartwheel to me. It's just not in the, it's not fitting to the place, you know? That's interesting it, though. It's just, it's, I, I love it because again, that worked for him. Mm -hmm but it would not work on you. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to realize is that not everything works for everybody, yeah. right? That's why there's multiple sales tactics to get people to buy. I think the, his his approach would definitely um, get your attention. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. If someone were to cartwheel over, everybody in the room would be watching to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. But So it's a, it's a good icebreaker, but... Um, to me, I just probably wouldn't buy from somebody who's too enthusiastic. Cause me, I'm a, I'm a salesperson by, uh, I, I have a salesperson background. So yeah. I know what to look out for. Mm -hmm. And I know as soon as somebody who's like super enthusiastic, I'm already on guard. I'm I like, see. what are you trying to convince me? If you have a good product, it's just sell itself. I shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be so enthusiastic. Yeah. You shouldn't be so happy. Like it's, it's off-putting in a way. So, and most people walking around who get approached by a salesperson aren't gonna wanna be mm -hmm. approached by someone who's too enthusiastic. I used to do door to door canvas selling. I used to mm -hmm. go to people's houses at dinner time. They didn't wanna see my face. Yep. And the last thing I wanted to do is be all peppy in their face, you know? Mm -hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to appeal to them on their level. I wanted to be um, more happy than neutral. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to right. be like super enthusiastic. I want to be a little bit over, you know, average, you know, to um, hopefully diffuse whatever animosity you have towards me because I'm knocking on the door at seven o'clock in the afternoon or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. But yeah, if somebody came to my house, super enthusiastic. I'd be ready to close the door in their face. That's, I, I, I still can't kind of get over it. Like I, it's such an interesting concept because the, again, you guys are basically opposites in that regard where it's like, <clears throat> He has proven 
multiple times that these have essentially, well, I shouldn't say he's proven that these sales tactics have worked, but these are the sales tactics that he claims mm -hmm. and he's a very successful entrepreneur. So normally I would associate his success with, you know, as like fact proven based off of what he's what saying. What does he sell? <clears throat> Alex Formosi is, was originally a gym turnover kind of guy. He would come in there and he would sell fitness to people. He would help them and he would always like, he would help gyms scale to like crazy amounts of money. He had this company called Gym Launch. Mm. He sold it for $50 million. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Cause if he's cartwheeling over to you, then he's physically fit. Oh, he is jacked. So like <laughs> at, at first I was confused. I was like, how could that work for anybody? But if he's selling, like I said, that's why I said party equipment. If you're yeah. doing, you know, if you're doing party equipment and you came up to me juggling, I'd be okay. Yeah, cool. This guy's probably the guy to talk to. But if I'm, if you're selling cars and you come up to me juggling, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So like his tactic fits his business because mm -hmm. he's doing, he's doing. If he comes up to me doing any kind of CrossFit thing, I'm gonna be like, okay, this guy's serious. He yeah. knows this stuff. He's he's really into this business. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. He doesn't really sell fitness anymore. Now he basically. I guess you can call him somewhat of a, he's a holding company. He owns this thing called acquisition.com yeah, so, yeah. and he just helps a bunch of other companies grow. Now I bet he doesn't do the carpools anymore. No. Because that would <laughs> probably not sell well in yeah. a business setting with people wearing suits and whatnot. So yeah, so I guess I would have to pull back, be enthusiastic when it fits. Right. But you know, generally speaking, the general products that you sell, like if you're selling hair care stuff, calm down. If you're selling party equipment, you know, Liven up. Liven up. You know, yeah. if you sell, again, and here's a good example. If you're selling caskets, do not be over enthusiastic <laughs> about selling caskets. You're not going to cartwheel oh over God. to somebody like, hey, I heard your grandma died. You're like, here's a casket. No. Right. You know, you want your mood to be a little bit closer to sad. Yeah. Or, kind of you know, fit you know, the theme, I suppose. Fit the theme. So if you're selling party stuff, cartwheels. Selling caskets, a little bit sadder, <laughs> but if you're like selling general stuff, you know, be a little bit neutral. Like if you're selling hair care products right. or something like that, be a little bit Have your enthusiasm level match the, you know, the theme right. of the product. Okay, I think that's a pretty fair one to talk about. Uh, let me see, what other sales tactic was there? So, you know what, actually, I think this is what we're gonna do. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then you and I can get into the sales pitch off. All right, let's go. All right. So we'll be right back. Get ready for this one. Hello, everyone. This is Mr. Grimm. I just want to take this moment to thank each and every one of you for listening and for joining us. Here at the Summit, our lifelong goal is to help everyone become the best version of themselves. Taking the first step is always the hardest, and that is exactly what you are doing right now. So... Congratulations. My only ask from you all is that you share all that you can with others, be it your knowledge, your compassion, your generosity, or even just a moment of your time. The world would be a better place if you did. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the break. Now for the fun stuff. So. Papa Rossi and I are going to test our sales skills against each other. Now, I do want to immediately preface this, of course, that in this scenario, the idea is that the individual is in fact trying to look for something to buy. I 
have to preface that there's no concept or the, the concept that, you know, a good salesperson will sell you the shirt off your back is not really the truth. Like I forget the individual's name. In fact, let me look it up real quick. Jordan Belfort, right? He's the movie, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. That's what he's based off of. And the reason he's so popular was because they kind of made this concept. It was like, you can sell me anything, sell me this pen. Mm -hmm. Right. And he literally tells you that I can't sell you anything if you have no intention to buy it. So the first thing, there must be an intent to buy already so there. So like, some of these pins, like, do you want a pin? It's like, nope, like, all right, never mind. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And that's that's basically where you, you draw the line. So if there is an interest already there, that is where, like, the sales pitch comes. But you can't just walk up to any Joe Schmo and be like, hey, do you want to buy this pen? This is the greatest pen in the world. It, like, writes on titanium and it's, like, bulletproof. Like, I have pens at home. I don't need a pen. So that's the concept. So the idea is that in this scenario, I am looking to buy something from paparazzi. Paparazzi is looking to buy something from me. And so now we're going to kind of go back and forth with things like, well, I do want to buy it, but I don't have time to, to do this. Or I uh, need to check with my wife or, you know, um, maybe it's not a good time for me. Right. So the, the big three ones that we usually go with, most customers will say, are they don't have time. They don't have money. Maybe their wife, they need to ask their wife for permission to buy this thing. So something along those lines. So we'll, mm. we'll, we'll pitch those out and see how well <clears throat> we, we go back and forth with it. So let's create the scenario. I will be the seller this time. Okay. And I'm going to sell you. Screw it. We, we talked about it. I'm going to sell you fitness, right? So let's say you, I mean, you're already pretty jacked, but let's just say you're looking to, to get absolutely swole and I have a workout plan to just completely bulk you up and turn you into Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you're coming in, you're, you've heard about it from word of mouth from some other people, but you just kind of don't know. And so now we're going to get into it. So go ahead and I'll start off. <clears throat> Hello, sir. Welcome to our store here at XYZ. How can I help you today? I'm looking for a uh, fitness plan. I saw some of your advertisements. Oh, yes, I see. Well, you know, you're already in pretty good shape. What kind of, what, what exactly can we do for you? Well, I'm trying to get better, um, eat better, mm -hmm. um, get a better fitness regimen that yeah. I can right. stick to something. I don't really know what to do. I see. So are you looking to... Well, I don't think you're looking to cut any fat. So you're looking to bulk up, I'm guessing, get bigger? Yeah, yeah. a little bulk. All right, so we actually do have this specific diet plan over here. And it comes with a, its own weight set and you got a personal trainer. And we have some pretty good results from a lot of the testimonials. People are able to put about 10 to 20 pounds. And that's a lot, mind you. 20 pounds of muscle is huge. Mm -hmm. It takes a little while, about six months to get that. But the results, as you can see from these photos, are substantial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what if I don't, I don't have that much time? I have a full-time job, so I don't know if I'd be able to commit to a trainer. Mm. Well, you know what I would tell you is that <clears throat> if you're already strapped for time, this is the best time to do it. And the reason for that is because you don't have a whole lot of time now. When will you have time? Mm -hmm. So if you can manage to make even a little bit of time during your full work day or even on the work weekends, the minimal amount of you of time that you have now means that 
when you actually do have more time, you can do it even better. So if you can do it now when it's tough, it'll be significantly easier when you have more t time freed up. Okay, and I'm also on a budget, so I can't really afford like an expensive trainer. Ooh, or I see. like um, too many supplements. So how can I get around that? Well, I would also say in a similar vein that if you can't do it now, then when would you do it? Mm -hmm. Right. If you if you don't have enough money now to do it, when are you gonna have enough money? Right. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I'm not too good at this one. <laughs> so I, th I think I may have bombed that one. I'm trying to remember the exact sale with, with the, the money issue, uh, but I guess we'll just keep on rolling with it. All right. You got anything else? Um, motivation. Yeah, so the reason why I'm here is because uh, I do some random things on my own, but I just need some motivation. Like, what, what can you tell me about? Like, how can you guys help me with that? Well, you know, like I said, we have a personal trainer. We'll have somebody with you that's on call. You can call him whenever you want. You can text him. He'll always reply to you, or she will always reply to you, depending on your preference. But you are never alone in the situation. So if you and I understand, it's it's a difficult time to be doing these things, right? Again, you're working a full time job. I don't even know how you're able to keep the body you've already got right now, but I mean, if you're looking to improve and we should always be trying to improve, it's going to be difficult. It's never that easy, but I promise you that the, the effort is worth, the sacrifice is worth the reward. And again, if you need assistance, we are always here for you. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So we'll go ahead and sign you up for a six month membership fee. What kind of car would you like to use? Uh, I got a pizza. All right. Transaction made. All right, so that was the first scenario. Go ahead and just be honest. <laughs> How'd I do? Um, you did all right. I did all right? Yeah. Uh, the, the money part, probably have an answer for that one. Okay, uh, let's hear it, I wanna hear it. My answer, I would probably be like, well, what, what kind of budget are you on? Mm -hmm. What can you afford? And what we can what we can do is we can try to get you started with a plan. And yeah, you know. see, I was ugh, I knew that after I after I bought. Yeah, like, I was well, like, all right, I know the answer is a payment plan or some kind of yeah, thing like that. Like you don't have to have supplements to work out. You don't need all this stuff. You can work with whatever you have at home. You know, maybe just cut down on things, mm -hmm. or maybe drink more water, or you know, you don't have. To, it doesn't cost a lot of money to be healthy. And you know, we can work. We can, we can write down your 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 budget. And then we can break it down and see where you fit in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one of those situations where I just completely blanked out because I was like, "Why did I not talk about a payment plan like that?" So, well? <laughs> of all the things, but there is a specific kind of catch to the payment plan where you can say something like, "Yeah, you can pay more now and get everything done," or you can do bit by bit. But the big thing is <clears throat> the way that I would pitch it is. If you invest all of it now, you are now committed, which means you are more likely to see it through the end. If you are making monthly payments, then the commitment towards the thing is that much less. So if you're paying $5,000 right now, you're $5,000 committed. But if you're only paying a hundred bucks a month, you can be like, well, screw it, I'll just cancel it. You know, I only paid 300 bucks for these three months. Or in another situation, you can make them lock in where it's like, well, you either pay $5,000 now, which means you're fully committed, or if you're gonna do monthly payment, it's gonna be for a certain amount of time, and that is the simple situation. And if you cannot follow suit, then you don't get a refund or anything like that. Like you're giving us this money in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So 
But yeah, the payment plan. Why did I think of the payment plan, man? Ugh. All right. So that was my attempt. Uh, if I'm gonna be completely honest, I would probably give myself a C minus. I think I did okay with the first part, but I think the, I absolutely failed the, the payment part. So that's <laughs> on me. But all right, now it's gonna be your turn. All right, I'm not sure what to sell. I guess I'll sell cameras. You sell cameras? Yeah, I sell cameras. All right. So, um, hello, welcome to our camera emporium. How can I help you today? So, I am looking to start a YouTube channel and I'm looking for a good quality camera that can help capture all the essence of the environment that I'm doing. I'm gonna be doing a YouTube channel on storytelling. So, I will be more in a dark environment, I think, because I want to set the tone kind of dark. So, what kind of cameras do you have that are on sale? Okay, we have all kinds of different cameras. How big is your budget first of all because like how much of this do you want be, how much of you want to go into production because we have cameras small cameras that can you know dark rooms and stuff but we have cameras with really good audio and, and visuals okay. and stuff like that so audio is something that's really important to me because i don't have a mic so I was okay. looking to buy a separate mic, but if the camera can qualify with a good enough mic, I might just do that. Uh, my budget, I guess it depends. If I'm not going to be using a mic, if I can get it from just the camera, then I guess my budget's a little bit higher. I would say maybe $2,000 max. Okay. So for that amount of money, we do have cameras that do have mics embedded in them. But I'll tell you right now that the mic and the camera combo isn't that great on the audio side. Mm -hmm. So I would most likely recommend to get a, a microphone somewhere else, but get with that budget to get a better camera with the visuals and without such a great mic. And that way you can link it up later with your microphone that you buy separately. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend getting this camera over here, uh, camera A, because camera A is has way better low light quality and you can adjust the ISO and the aperture and everything like that. It has aperture of 1.4, which means it's really great for dark rooms as well. And um, this over here, I will show you, does have a microphone. It is a better microphone than you know camera A, but it's not a great microphone. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna have to do a lot of post-production when it comes to the audio. So again, I would recommend the camera A because it's, it's really great with visuals, whereas camera B is like, I would say, average with visuals and average with audio. I see. Hmm, that's actually a pretty good, and, and what is the price difference between this camera over here, the one with the good, good camera, and the one with the better audio? So the camera over here is gonna be close to your, your budget. It's gonna be like $1,900. This mm -hmm. camera over here is going to be about $1,800, but the quality isn't, you know, you get what you pay for, mm -hmm. so to speak. I see. So in that case, I would need to buy a mic. Do you guys sell any additional mics or do you know where I could go to find a mic that would link up with this camera? Actually, we do actually have a microphone that does go with this camera. It's the same brand and it's, it's specialized. It has different synchronicities for this camera specifically. And we do have those over in the other aisle. I can show you that as well. It will go over your budget though. That's the only thing. Mm, how much by? It will go over your budget by about four or $500. Mm, not sure I'm okay with that. You know, I think I think maybe I just need a little more time before I make a decision. Okay, so what I recommend is just sit down and think about all the things that you need 
and understand that if you are starting a YouTube channel, that it's going to be an improvement. So I would get something that's good for now and it's going to be good for later rather than getting something bad now and having to upgrade it later. So I would definitely go for camera A because the audio is really good. Maybe get a cheaper mic now and um, then you can upgrade the mic later, but it's going to be a lot less cheap than to upgrade the camera. So that's what I would recommend. It's not a bad idea. Or you can, if the camera A does have a mic on it, it's not as good as camera B's mic, but it is sufficient to get the job done. And you can get a microphone later to supplement this microphone. Okay, you know what? I think, I think I'll just buy the the camera, but I'm not gonna buy the mic today. Okay, yeah, yeah definitely. We'll that's a good, that. that's a good choice. I, I might have to come back and get the other mic. Yeah, whenever your channel gets bigger, then you can and you get more money rolling in. I definitely recommend getting the microphone that's synchronized with this mic later. All right, cool. All right, uh, go ahead and ring me up for this mic over here. All right, All right. sorry, this camera. All right, so that was. That. I hope you guys like my little change of voices. A little, little <laughs> more. Uh, what's the word? Mild mannered kind of individual. All right. <laughs> so, how do you think you did? Uh, I think I, <clears throat> think I did okay. I think you did much better than I expected you to do. Because you had told me before that you're not that great at sales, but you were surprisingly knowledgeable, right? You even gave out all the details behind like uh, the shutter, and, and I already lost track because I can't remember all the things you said. Now, the one thing that I would criticize is when I specifically said, I don't have enough time. I said that with a key focus on the word time. And essentially, this is a common sales uh, pitch that people utilize when that keyboard is brought up. When someone says, I don't have enough time to, to do something, normally a good response is something like, it's not necessarily that you don't have enough time because we all have the same amount of time. 24 hours, so you have no more time than anybody else. You don't need necessarily tell them that, but it's a, it's not necessarily time that you're lacking. It's knowledge. You don't have enough information based, or you don't have enough information to create an overall decision. And the best place to get information is right in front of you from mm -hmm. me, right? So you don't necessarily need more time. You need more information before you make a decision. And I will give you the best information you can because I know everything about everything in this store or, or if not me then obviously like somebody in this store so if you can't if you just can't close it you can direct them to the closer so to speak but that's the only thing that i would criticize you you definitely pushed it to the point where i wanted to get the camera but i did, wasn't sure if i wanted to get the the overall mic regardless i was right you definitely sold me on that however there is another thing i do want to tell you and i don't necessarily know if i believe this but this is, this is a, a thing that I've heard from many YouTubers where they say that bad, 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 videos, yeah, yeah, bad video, yeah. bad video is um, forgivable, bad audio is not. Yeah, yeah. So you sold me more of the camera and not the mic. Yeah. So I was expecting you to say, maybe you should go with this one over here mm -hmm. or, even, or even more so. so like, remember I said the audio is adequate to get the job done. You did? Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. I missed that. I thought you said, that, well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was expecting you to be like, you know what? Maybe you should get a higher quality mic, like get the best mic on the market and then buy a lower quality camera and upgrade it later because 
bad video is forgivable, but bad audio is not. And people will be okay with a lower quality video so long as the audio like connects to them well. Yeah, and also you can you can record in higher light instead of low light, yeah. and then in post you can lower the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, overall that was actually really fun. Maybe we'll do another one of these later. Yeah, uh, there's a whole slew of different sales tactics that you can use that we only use a little bit. Um, just another free bonus one for you. Uh, do you know the sales tactic of reciprocity? Mm -hmm. So, reciprocity is just a really fancy word, basically saying like give them more than they, 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 than they expect and they feel obligated to give to you. It's one of the, like, the common things of like, do free stuff, like give out free things to people and then they feel obligated to buy from you when you actually ask them to buy something. And the study behind it was they did this with uh, hotels, right? So the, the people at the hotel would give you a mint with your check and it based on this specific kind of tactic, their sales tips increased. So first it was like, here's a mint with your your bill. So like, oh, okay, uh, do you wanna give them a tip? Yeah, sure, you know, 5% tip. Then they did two mints and that went to like a 14% tip, hmm. or I think it was like a uh, closer to like a 10 or something like that. Uh, but then this next tactic, went to a 24% increase in tips, which was they would put a mint, like they would give them the, the bill, then they would put the mint, they would walk away, stop, turn around, come back, and then put a second mint. So that tactic of saying like, oh, you know what? Here's another one. Yeah, why not? Here you go, man. You're cool, right? Like, because it, it for them, I guess it felt more genuine. Yeah, like, you know what? No one else is looking. Here's an extra tip. Here's an extra treat for you, you know, because I like you. Because if they give it to you all together, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, like it's a, a package deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing is like the actions speak louder than essentially any other way. Like, and it's the way that the actions are, are performed. So that's a little free tip. Again, kind of a little side tangent, but one that I wanted to talk about in the first section of the episode of certain sales tactics is you can use certain reciprocities. That's kind of pre-sale though, because you essentially would do that before you actually make the sale is like give them the free things and then they kind of want to buy from you or in this situation post sale where it's like here's some extra stuff with your mint but usually if you're selling a specific product there's no tip involved so unless it's like food related i suppose mm -hmm. but just another another concept in the sales tactic reciprocity a good one probably one of the best ones but all right, so that was a good a little exercise. Uh, clearly, we, especially me, uh, <laughs> and I'm the guy who's supposed to be good at sales. Uh, clearly, we need to uh, keep climbing up that mountain, right? Mm -hmm. So, you got anything else to add? That's it. That's all I got. All right, everybody. So that is going to end it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed watching me and Paparazzi make fools of ourselves because it was a hell of a lot of fun. But thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. Who knows what we're going to talk about. But until then, keep on climbing. And we will see you at the top.